This is the InfoMoto podcast. Well, here we are. Hello. Welcome, Grant, to uh, InfoMoto podcast two. Thank the you. first one was such a big hit. Was it? Even, oh, they went berserk. Even though we were wearing Santa outfits and... Well, what I liked about that was we never actually referred to it in any way. It just looked like two idiots sitting in... <laughs> Who had chosen to wear chosen, that... That's what we were wearing. That gear, just by coincidence, we that turned up as... It Christmas. Right. And right. Spencer, how are you, young man? Nice to see you. Going well, boys. Everything Good all right? Good to see you too, yeah. You look good with the Pinky Blinder feel. Thank you very much. He's lowered the average age by about half, hasn't he? Just by turning up. Yes. Who do you reckon is the best looking? Anyway, we shouldn't do that. Yep. Now, Grant, let's try and stay on track. We got a bit off track last time and it got a bit personal. It did, yes. Um, we did have some people that did enjoy it, but most of the people said that you were a bit boring. Could, well, can I... If you could probably stick to the... Okay. I'll try to be a little less boring, but uh, can, can we just get out of the way first, the issue of continuity? Yes, go. Well, the last podcast, the first podcast, I had quite a substantial beard, and now I don't. So what happens is I get a haircut um, once a year, whether I need it or not. When the shearers are in. Yeah, and uh, I make sure it's serious. So it's a number four blade. Right. But I've had to change my hairdresser right. because I've moved. I like, I like the old one who was in does the city. Does this get interesting? Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, no, right. it's good. good. It's good. No, he, it, my old hairdresser in the city, uh, I liked him, but he used to charge me 40 bucks, which I thought was excessive for, for just a number four blade across my head and beard. But he said that the haircut was in fact free. It just took him that long to clean up after I'd left. That that right. was that so was what that the forty dollars was. Working on for. an hourly basis. Yeah. So I, I let it grow, of course, and then in this year of plague, uh, it then became very well. It, it was illegal for a barber to trim my beard. I had to wear a mask. What do you mean it was illegal for a barber well, to trim your beard? I had to wear a mask, and the barber had to wear a mask. So the barber can't cut my hair because it's under a, under a mask. Oh, I can't cut my beard. So I went for maybe five or six months without attending to it because it would have been illegal to get a barber to do it. You said this story gets interesting at some point. Well, I'm I just... I think you oversold I'm it just, bit, I'm just trying to explain why I don't look, you don't the, look same the same as last time. As last time. I reckon yeah. you Apart look, from the Santa suit. You look better. Thanks. I know that your wife... Um, Likes it when you've had the shearing, doesn't she? She can pretend it's somebody else. Because she looks like someone else. Yeah, that's right. You stamped on my bloody punchline. Anyway, we should get Spencer. Keep us on track here. You know what he's like. You recently wrote a story for Infomoto. Don't remind me. Two stories. Now, uh, just for for latecomers, um, Grant did two stories, uh, the most beautiful bikes ever built. The 10. The 10 most beautiful bikes ever built and the 10 ugliest bikes ever built. And what did we go first with? We went with the beautiful ones. We went with the beautiful ones. Yep. And a bit of flack. Controversial. Readers and Controversial. <laughs> Stupid dickhead came up in one of the comments. Uh, uh, yeah, and many suggestions that I was on drugs. Yeah, that's <laughs> Many right. suggestions. Now, can you, what, I think the, uh, the bikes, a lot of the bikes people agreed with. Didn't they? No, no, <laughs> not, not a lot. Well, I think I think that you know, <laughs> at the top of the list, there was some general agreement. But Greg, the the thing I was trying to do was argue for the for the you know people say, oh well, how can you do a list like that because it's subjective, you know, it is it's just what you like or or it's what somebody else likes. But the argument I made was that there is such a thing as objective beauty. I agree. 
Um, and that w- I object to your beauty. I know that. Well, yes, good. That's but not funny. Is it? For example, um, uh, I did point out that most of us would rather sleep with uh, Scarlett Johansson than with Bronwyn Bishop. Yeah, okay. fair. So, I don't think there's any argument there. Well, so the mass of people uh, have made a decision about which of those two is the more beautiful. Yes. So that's an So you could say that, and that's an objective um, assessment yes. of their respective beauty. Yes. Okay, so I was saying the same thing about bikes, that, that when enough people say, yes, that's a beautiful bike, it's an objective view. Yes. It's not a subjective view. So, yes, so there's a quantitative element to that qualitative... Uh, there, there is. There, and, right. and I went to a lot of trouble. I went, to, I went to uni too, Grant. Yeah, I went to a lot of trouble justifying my choices. But what happened uh, is, of course, everyone's just gone, oh, the 10 most beautiful bikes of all time, open it, and flicked through and looked at the pictures. Didn't bother reading any of the text. No, that's what people do. They just look at the picture or they read the headline. Yeah, and when they see that their bike isn't in there, Shitty. in the 10 most beautiful bikes of the world, they say, this list is rubbish. Yeah. Yeah. So we, uh, had, we had a fair bit of that. It wasn't exactly my read on it, but I'm interested. Some well, people just reckon that you're blind. blind um, yeah, made I it mean, all you up. You did have the Cub 90 or the Cub 50 oh, in as the a... most beautiful bike. I think you got mixed up with no, no. most... Uh, sold. Sold. 100 million. I know, but that's got nothing to do with beauty. Well, it's another objective measure. If well, it was maybe, no good... Um, I could read some comments... Read some of the comments. That, now, this will oh. sort it out once and for all. Mr. Garner says, guys, get off the sauce for fuck's sake. <laughs> Whenever is an Aprilia better looking than a Harley Davidson XR750? More lunches, lads. <laughs> that was, was, That's one of the nicer that ones. That was one, That's of, one the of the ones nice we can ones. read. Yeah. Mm. Get off the sauce. <laughs> now that that'd be Mr. Eddie Garner, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, well, so, well, I, I respect his opinion. Well, he, I mean, we always respect our but Eddie is a you know is a stalwart motorcyclist uh, and and, the and fact, a very good man. The uh, major light in the uh, uh, the roaring sporties, yes, race bring, bringing back the Harley uh, yep. twelve hundred race series. So he it used to be eight eight three, but they all had twelve hundred. Yeah, yeah well, of course. Yeah. But <laughs> at, we least, at least at least twelve hundred. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, but he he likes Harley Davidson, so he does. Yeah. Well, look, uh, you had uh, the only thing. Look, I didn't argue really with your list. I I wasn't sure about the SRV two fifty because I think the Renaissance was a better looking bike. Should we maybe go through them for our um, listeners who didn't read the story? That's a good idea. Uh, in no particular order, we have. Well, they are in your order. They're one to ten. No, he well, says no. that they're not in order, but he see. He, I just looked at the pictures. He read it, I you looked, looked at the at pictures. The picture. yeah. We really should have subbed this one. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> We've got to start reading this stuff. Yeah, that's right. All right so we got the Ducati 750 Sport. I think that's that's one of the ones that didn't... I couldn't argue with that. No. Hard, couldn't hard, argue with hardly that. Hardly anybody... Magnificent choice. ...objected to that. The Manx. The Manx Norton. Manx. Uh, again, agreed. very well received. Agreed. The Yamaha SRV 250. Renaissance. No, you didn't put Renaissance. You put yeah, SRV. Oh, you were talking about the Renaissance. I was, but if you like if you actually read the story, we, we Greg, picture of the SRV, I think from memory, well, probably, and, and everyone's gone. That's not very pretty. <laughs> yeah, they said that's got a head like only a mother could love, and <laughs> the Renaissance was a beautiful. That could could that be? It's getting hot in here, isn't it? Yeah, um, the Renaissance is the the two fifty that uh, Vincent would have made if they if they had to make a two fifty. It was a very pretty bike, the Renaissance. Yeah, I beautiful. Agree. In beautiful. fact, I think uh, Chris Doby from Yamaha owns one from memory. Uh, yes. And there's not many people that got. Uh, they didn't sell that well because from memory, 
expensive. They were very expensive. They were. I yep. got a feeling they were seven nine ninety back then. Yeah, too much money for a learner, but really pretty. And a lot. In fact, they made use of the XV250 motor, didn't they? Well, they gave it a, a, an extra six horsepower, which made a huge well, difference that, well, to the that ride. Was probably about thirty percent. Plus, they didn't they didn't do what they normally do in Japan, which is they didn't compromise with the ride height. So it was actually quite a comfortable bike for tall riders. It was, yeah, I as well them. as being beautiful. Yeah. But I just think they were too pricey in yeah. the 250 market. Where I mean, when you're riding a 250 on a on uh, well, they, that was the restriction then, wasn't it? Yes. No, who, who's got like eight grand to drop on a bike because it looks nice? Well, that's right. Yeah. So, I understand why that didn't work. Anyway, sorry, we bogged down a little bit with the Renaissance. Ducati nine one six. Oh well, uh, arguably number one for me, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, and and what's surprising about that is you can still pick them up for ten or twelve grand. Well, if you can buy them, because oh, I, well, I don't right. reckon you can. Well, fifteen tops. Yeah, fifteen. Yeah, well, but that, you won't get the '94 model for that money. Uh, well, probably not. Yeah, but so, that's that's not a lot, given that we're saying it's one it's of the. Not. Well, everybody says it's one of the most beautiful bikes ever. Still made. looks like a yeah, modern does, motorcycle. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that's one of the bikes of what we will be talking about in a few years. We'll watch this podcast yeah. when we're sitting yeah. out on the porch and go, "Why didn't we buy one?" Yeah, Sunnyvale home for old drunks. Yep. Oh, I think and, people and, are pretty well onto the nine one six at this point. Well, that, well, well but like Grant says, the not, later ones are about. Oh, look, fifteen a bit. Right. You do pretty well, but let's say twenty yeah. for the later bikes, which are better bikes anyway, but not as desirable as the first one in ninety four. Um, I reckon we're paying thirty and forty grand for those, and and upwards in very, our lifetime. Very quickly. Yep. It's like the RG five hundred and things like that. I mean, you know, yeah. no one thought that. You try and get an, a nice RG500 for hundred fifty thousand dollars now. Yep. So people say, oh, we missed the boat. Well, we're missing the boat even today. It's happening around us. Well, these, this list of 10 bikes should give you some clues about how you can substantiate your fortune for the future. Do you think this is an indicator of things that will... Go and, go and buy each of those bikes, pop them in your garage, yep. live on the proceeds. Yeah, well, okay. Well, okay. I think our friend Guy Allen is doing that. He owns them all already, yeah. He's so. eating bread and water. But... I, I picked them all just from his garage. Yes. All right, next, Mint, please. It's when the wheels start to fall off a little bit, I think. We've got the, <laughs> <laughs> the BMW R90S from 1973 uh, onwards. See, this was bottled too, wasn't it? Mm, yeah, yeah. I may have been with drink when I did this whole story, actually. But Can you explain the R90S, please? Uh, well, it's a, it's a beautiful bike. It is a beautiful bike. Is it? The fifth best beautiful bike on the planet. Hans Muth, who was working for BMW at the time, uh, in the car department. Who? Uh, Hans Muth, who who designed it. Uh, well, no, he didn't. He, well, hands, knees, he, and bumps it. He did design it, but um, uh, BMW had the the um, the six series bikes there, but they didn't have this kind of this leader bike, this kind of inspirational bike. And he, he went to the motorcycle division and said, well, you know, you should have one. And they said, well, you design it. And he was supposed to be designing drink coasters for some shit BMW car. But instead, he, he penned the uh, R90S. And he, he turned what was a fairly conventional bike into something quite spectacular to look at. And, of course, it was very successful too. It's oh, still, yeah. And they're still a great bike to ride. And a mad collector yep. now. Yep. The orange ones particularly. Yeah, well, the... the the S um, models are twice the price of the standard 
Did like, the engine, even though they, they are, they're almost identical. So Did the engine get um, any tweaks or, at all or was it just different, aesthetic? Or? Different carburetors, um, um, hardly any other changes. Right. So more horsepower, a faster bike? Um, mm, yes, but only marginally. Marginally, Just, just yeah. a tiny increase in So aesthetics, performance. really, that bike? Aesthetics. Well, the list is the most beautiful bikes. Look, it's... It, not I the think fastest. you could have that. In, I, I don't look. You've got the right to have whatever you like in there, but and I can see why you would have it. But I think you're clouded by the fact that it's a collectible bike. Um, well, but look, this is the beauty of this. Anyway, move on, Spence, because I've no, got nothing more to say about that. It's obje- It's objective. It on is. the CB four hundred four. Oh yeah, no argument. <laughs> no argument. Yep. No oh. argument. Beautiful thing. Honda 50 Super Cup. All right, now, move, moving along, moving along. Yeah. I think there was some good marijuana that made its way into I, the castle. No, I've, I've got one of those. I'm trying to increase its value. Oh, right. <laughs> this, this next one is the most controversial of them. For sure. Go ahead. The Aprilia Moto 6.5. Jeez, oh, I had it in my uglies. It? Yep. I had it in my uglies. Well, um, it's got a very interesting design history. But uh, one of the reasons it's there is that it was it was really expanding the envelope of bike design. Nothing else looked like it before, and as it turns out, nothing else has looked like it since. But what does uh, that tell you? Well, the round exhaust is really clever. Well, the the whole thing was kind of round. Yes, you know, the sh- the chassis round, the the tanks round. It was the, all a circle thing going. Yeah, on. yeah, and uh, quite unusual, and I I think quite beautiful. Uh, one of the surprising things about it is it was actually quite a nice bike to ride as well. So that's the 6.5? Yep. Well, this make it to production? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, they had yeah. to, Spence. Um, so people can look up these bikes if they want to. Yeah, absolutely. Make themselves well, familiar. I'll put some photos up in the podcast if I... Uh, Good. Okay. Can be bothered? Yep. Yeah. Well, you can put the ones we've got. Well, except they're all as wrong. You, thought, you won't have to download a new one. Well, if we've got to pay all reckon... those copyright. We're paying so much copyright yes, for the use right. of those pigs. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> yeah. So, so that was that was a far more difficult uh, story to write than the 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 next one, which was the. Hey, it's not over yet, man. Oh, have we got one left. <laughs> we got one left. Going to grill you a bit more, I think. The Royal Enfield Continental GT, the original one. No. The one, the one that was in my list was, in fact, the current one. Or well, it's not current because they've stopped making them, but it was current twelve months oh, ago. Oh, I see. Not the original one. The original one's a very pretty bike. There's no doubt. I don't about like that. the seat on it. Oh, well, you know, there's. You're allowed to have little bits of objection, but if you see one of those Continental GTs, the modern one, the one that mm. they've been selling recently, you you just see it standing by itself, and it's beautifully proportioned. It is. It's a lovely, a lovely looking bike. Yeah, I we agree. spent about ten minutes in the last podcast praising that. So. Did we? All right, okay. The, well, that no, the, the, that the, was the six fifty. You talking about the six fifty? Um, no, it was a five thirty five. Yeah, the that's right. Um, but the the original uh, Continental GT was a a, a deal breaker for um, Royal Enfield in that they had no money. They had this awful bike called a Crusader two fifty, which no one was buying. And Enfield walked into the into the um, factory and said to all the apprentices, all the young kids, you know, how can we make this bike better? And the kids designed the Continental really? GT. Yeah, yeah, right. They made it into this cafe racer thing, which just stunned the marketplace. Mm. Uh, it sold very well, and it's still very highly regarded. It's just as unreliable as the Crusader used to be. You know, you, you, it's got 15 gears, lots of neutrals. Mm. 
Um, but um, it's a, a very, still a very attractive looking Did bike. Did they race that bike? No. Jeez, fancy giving it a name like Continental GT. Yeah. Which does also bring it uh, brings up pictures of the GT. Or- well, yeah, I know. But the, the problem with it was that it, it looked like a race bike. So when you tried to ride it like a race bike, it would stop. Right. It would expire. Right. Because, in fact, it was a Crusader. Well, there you go. Did um, you know that, Spence? I didn't. No. All right. Sorry to interrupt you, Grok. We got one more, the Honda CB1100R from 81. Yeah. Well, again, I think Ooh, it's probably... a bit of drama on that. Too. Probably the best looking uh, of the Japanese superbikes of the time and probably the best bike that they, they'd produced up till then. So... So I'm, I'm quite happy to defend that. It's it's a very, very pretty bike. Well, I don't think anyone actually had a problem with uh, that as a pick, but some of the readers did point out that I used a photo of one with a flat front tyre. Oh, yeah. That, that... Oh, the, the flat <laughs> front tyre. Yeah, well... There was a bit of criticism about the flat front tyre. I remember that. Isn't that what Photoshop's for? You could... Oh, yeah. I, you could increase... It's not that good. There's you no up the tyre button. <laughs> Look, there was more than one. They say, Grant, if one man calls you a donkey, ignore it. If two men call you a donkey, buy a harness. A harness, yes. Well, now there we did get a few. The flat tire. The flat yes, tire. The flat tire. Um, okay, moving on to Spanner ten ugliest motorcycles of all time. I thought I might start it off with one of the comments. Sean says, "A doyen of mechanics, but a barbarian of aesthetics." <laughs> <laughs> yep. He's on the money. He's whacked it there. Well, you know, I, I don't know. As I said, the uh, doing the ugly box was a lot easier and there was far more agreement with yes. those. Ugly the, is ugly. Yeah. It's objective. It a, yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, what was it? Just, uh, um, oh, I've lost my train. Don't worry. Go, yeah. Well, press on. Yeah. We don't need to go through those, but but they're on um, the um, Infomoto website. So. Uh, I'll chuck a link in there. Yeah. Okay, so if you're uh, interested in seeing what the... Was there any more comments like that, Spence? Or One of my favourites from Grant's... Back, uh, sorry, Spanner-Man's background is... I think he called the bloke called you a shit-stained. <laughs> <laughs> that shit-stained. Uh, Cock-stained. Cock-stained. It's even better. No, it's even, it's even worse. It's oh, even it's cock-stained. I mean, I was a bit what is a cock-stained? Other than that's not good, is it? Well, <laughs> you, you should know. You should know. Um, yeah, but uh, as I say, that was a much easier uh, selection of bikes to make. But I haven't given up. Um, I'm going to do another list. Uh, and that's another list? Be, well, to celebrate um, the 350th podcast you've done both here and in, in other forums. Uh, and I thought, well, why don't I pick the 10 350. best 350s of all time? So right. I'm, I'm doing that and that's coming up. And well, my I'll, argument with that, Grant, is how many 350s are out there now? Well, it doesn't mean they weren't important. They uh, were important. They were an actual uh, Grand Prix racing class until the eighties, like the fifty was. Well, and we had we had some Australian racers um, who did very well in that particular class. Well, did that now? Was the forgive my ignorance, but was there a class at the TT for three fifties? Uh, yes, there was. And uh, if you go back a little bit further, when the Continental Circus was on, when when Grand Prix racing really really took off. Uh, it was quite common for people to have a 350 and a 500 and they'd go from circuit to circuit with their 350 Racing and 500 the and they'd race both of them. Yeah. Yep. So the Manx, Manx Norton had a, a 350, um, AJS 7R350. There were a lot of really good hot 350s available. Right. 
So, and, and yes, people have forgotten them a bit, but when you look at this list that I've come up with, mm. um, you'll go, oh, yeah, of course. Oh, yeah, I, I, mm. I hadn't thought about that. Was there an SL350 Honda? An SL350. Well, there was an X, um, uh, an XT, um, an XR350. Yes, which is in the list. I have to say, and, and comes they did in that high pipe uh, scrambler version. Didn't yeah, three hundred and fifty. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, my knowledge of three hundred and fifties isn't great. I must say. Well, you're going to Mind be. You, a, I'm younger than you. That's probably. You're going to be a lot smarter after you've read this. Hello. Yeah. Okay. I'll tell you what I'm not going to do though. What are you? Tell me what you're not going to do. Yeah, I'm not going to do a list of. Well, what happened was that when I was working for Motorcycle Trader, um, Guy Allen wrote a story about the ten most. Uh, underrated bikes in the marketplace. Underrated, yes. Yeah, which is a pretty easy story to write, I have yes, to say. Yes. And uh, the editor at the time, Chris Harris, said said to me, "Can you do the ten most overrated bikes?" Right. Uh, which I did, you know. And dangerous. And the story was published, and never you never want to be called brave as an editor. No. Well, I, I mean, you know, I just did what I was told. But yes. Ducati immediately cancelled their advertising. Mm. We got please explain letters from BMW. Yeah. Um, and all I was doing was telling my version of the truth. Yes. The fact is... I've always told you the truth's overrated. Yeah, well, yes. The, the Panigale, uh, the first Panigale was a, uh, an unrideable bike on normal roads. So I don't think there's any need to go any further with that. Don't you? No, I okay. You don't want the list of no, the, the 10 most overrated bikes. Look, I'm very pleased to hear about it. Yeah. And you won't find this, folks, no. on the InfoMoto website. <laughs> you won't website. find it anywhere. <laughs> uh, write to me and I'll send you a copy. I think all the, the most overrated bikes, none of them are built now. Uh, no, some of them were current no, no, models. No, 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 old ones. I did have a bit of fun with some of the classics as well. It is a bit of fun. And look, every manufacturer should own up to the fact that there has been, you know, there's been nails over the periods and yeah. that, that's life. You but know? they don't have to be nails to be overrated. You know, things can just be overhyped. Yeah, that's right. Well, a lot of people would, you know, one of the bikes most loved in history is the Norton Commando. Mm. Um, I owned them, I love them too. But, by jeez, you're on the side of the road a bit. Aww. So, some would say overrated. Yeah, well, and, possibly. Yeah. And um, Mine hasn't let me Phil down. Phil Pilgrim's then. one that would say it. No, well, Phil, yes. He's given me a hard time about how much better Triumphs are than yes, Norton's yeah. for a long time. And Gary McDonnell, the old, the great Gary McDonnell from Triumph. Well, have you noticed something it. there? There's, there's something they've got in common that they're, they're Employees of Triumph, yeah. they're not going to exactly the say. Well, probably, yeah. They've still got the the injection that Triumph gave them when they started working there. It's still still active, but um, yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Although I've got a Norton Commando and mine hasn't let me down in the last thirty years. Well, I've known you for twenty of those years, and I've never seen it. No, it hasn't actually. Very been, good points. Hasn't Vince. actually been rolling for the last thirty years. It's in the garage. Very so. good point. Well, when did we go and collect that? Oh, don't about remind 2001? me. Two thousand and one. Um, was it 2001? Something like that. It was a long time ago, yeah. Details are sketchy. Yes, well, it's nearly finished now. So well, it is. You'll it's get been to in the same nick. In fact, we might launch it on InfoMoto. Do you think? Yep. Isn't it the death bike, though? Isn't there some oh. theory that that bike's killed a few people? Uh, well, I, got it, I bought it from John Ruth, who bought it from somebody who died on it, a friend of his, and then apparently it passed through somebody else's hands and they died on it as well. And John Ruth has this theory that the reason I'm not riding it is that I'm scared of it. I think it's a reasonable bloody point. Well, I'm, I'm a little bit scared of the fact that I built the wheels 
and I busted about 30 spokes trying Ding. to. Yep, yeah. that's oh, right. Yeah. So the ones that aren't broken, I don't know how strong they are. Oh, it's a it's a black art too, so drawing up a wheel. Isn't oh, it? yes. But, you know, riding along thinking at any minute. I could die. It's going to let go. Mm. You know that, like oh, I can I, see why the bikes hasn't seen the light of day for quite. Well, no, no, that's not the reason. I, but I, I think what I will. What is the reason? I think I'll get somebody good, like Phil, Phil Lightfoot, to right, yeah, okay, to build the wheels. But look, you have then got I can a f- relax about them. You've got a few bikes. We won't go through every one of them because um, true. I don't think you even know what. Do you? Uh, yeah, well, how many do you have? Any I've clue got, how many you've I've got, got a vague idea. <laughs> <laughs> Moving right along. Moving right along. Isn't it nice that we... The truth is overrated? No. Isn't it nice that we've finally got Ian Falloon on board? Fantastic. Oh, well, if if, being serious, um, probably, if not the, certainly one of the most learned motorcycle historians, and I'm talking about hardware, uh, in the world. And certainly in Ducati, I would say the number one boy. Uh, well, not just Duke Hattie. You know, he's he's written uh, over forty books, uh, and they're all uh, reference books. So yes. anybody who's who's got one of the models he's written about or wants a model history, he's written about Kawasaki's. He's written about BMWs. Yes, uh, and he if has you, over forty different books. On yes, it. yeah, yeah, and uh, and he's on Infomoto. Well, he's joined us, and uh, I think the draw card was. I said, look, uh, Spannerman's come on. Yeah, that's right. Because yeah, we're a team up against you. You know, the, Ian we're Falloon, a team. the world's greatest historian, and me, Spinnerman. Well, s- since you raised that, uh, Ian and I have been judges at Motor Classica as yes, a team, probably for the last seven or eight years. Yes. So every year we go along and pick the best of the best, and I'm, um, I defer to Ian's knowledge of the intimate details of the bikes that we look at. You just do an overview thing. Um, well, no, no. I, I bring a certain amount of wisdom and experience to the, the task, but Ian's capable of saying that fastener was never stainless steel. Yes. Um, and he'll be know, right. It was brass. Yeah. And he's he's correct. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, we're absolutely wrapped to have him. Yeah, well, he's, um, he's great. He's great. Infomoto team gets bigger again, and, and uh, I mean... Uh, well, thrilled to have Ian Falloon. One of the the things about having him on the the team is that we're going to have to be a bit careful about how we we use him because he spends a fair bit of time away. Because one of the things he does, and you you're just going to think I didn't even know this job existed. He gets flown around the world to authenticate uh, classic bikes. Yes. So somebody yeah. in Argentina will get a green frame Ducati, uh, and will fly Ian over there to examine it. And to make sure that it is in fact a green frame what Ducati it is, yeah. and not a, a copy, yes, uh, or an imitation. That's pretty huge, isn't it? Yeah, and Ian will sign the documentation on it to to say that it's yep. that it's it's authentic and legitimate, and that becomes part of the package. Yep. It, it becomes proof. Yes, that he, it's his an, in fact enough. a green frame if it's got Ian Falloon's signature yep. on it. So he's an extraordinary uh, yeah. extraordinary resource to have. All right, let's not pump him up too much. Well, he's a little. Dull sometimes unless he's drinking. So next time, oh, oh, next time we have him on a podcast, we have to. Make I sure didn't say Ian. I didn't say that. There's a glass of wine okay. there, so I didn't say you're dull. I don't think you're dull. <laughs> um, now, what I wanted to bring up, Grant, uh, yes. a late, late. They're still making motorbikes. You're probably unaware, but I have been riding a motorcycle in the last couple of weeks that I think, in all seriousness, has uh, lifted the bar 
in regard to uh, naked sports bike. KTM? KTM Super Duke R. Yep. I have to say, when I, I, when I first looked at it, I thought it would be nice when it's finished. Yep. But having ridden it, honestly, I, I was just blown. I, I hit it on the Great Ocean Road. And we've got a video upcoming. Um, I've might, se- seen the highlights. It looks really good. It might be already out there if you're listening to this podcast in the future. But um, yes, the Super Duke R had it on the Great Ocean Road. Um, just a phenomenal beast. Absolute phenomenal, phenomenal beast. And I've never ridden anything that steers like it. Um, yeah. It's just, you know, you get on every now and then in your career, you get on a bike and you go, well, this is something something else. This, that I had that feeling with this bike. Yeah, but they've been making good bikes consistently now for the last five or six years, haven't they? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're pretty dominant in some of the, the classes where there isn't, I guess, a lot of competition. But the bikes have been terrific. Terrific bikes. Yeah. All motor. Um, yeah, yeah. Great motors. And also, they had a great year in MotoGP last year. I mean, they're the up-and-comer in MotoGP. Well, that's that's just the beginning, I think. Yeah, I think, you know, they could be the brand of the next few years. But anyway, look, I just wanted to say that because it was just a thrill to ride a bike and, and come off after riding hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them and just go, wow. Have you had a go on the 1290 um, trail bike? The adventure? Uh, no, not the twelve ninety. Oh, the smaller, the nine ninety was the last adventure I rode. Yeah. I think that's a pretty amazing bike as well. Yeah, and um, big front wheel, proper proper sort of enduro dirt bike almost. Yeah, you've got to be seven foot to be able to ride yeah. it properly. But um, but in from the point of view of engineering, uh, it's a really really impressive bike. Yep, I so, think uh, there's a um, new super adventure January twenty six. I super want to adventure. say. With the 1290 motor. Uh, it would be. Yeah. Yeah. 26, I think. Yep. Well, they deserve to sell. The only thing I will say about the Super Duke R is not cheap. It's uh, in excess of $28,000 for a naked. That's yep. about pretty comparable. To I this. guess so. Um, and and it has that six-axis um, yaw control. and it, I mean, it is a very technically advanced motorcycle so i i just the thing that gets me is i've always thought that if you build a fantastic bike people will come to it the price will not stop them um and i think that's what's going to happen here that people this will become known as um well they they, they probably had no intent of, of it being a, um, a mass-produced bike you know it's not going to flood the marketplace at that price but there's there are plenty of people out there who won't give it a second thought they, they want the best and they're happy to pay for it. Yeah. So, but if well, they, if they were trying to trying to get into mainstream motorcycling, though, um, they, they need a bike that's cheaper. Cheaper. And, yeah. Um, well, you know, it's it's just lovely, to, I guess, to have something out there that's uh, you can still get that thrill, Grant. Yep. And if you if you want a KTM thrill and you haven't got the thirty grand, you can always buy the the bike they're making in India, the the little three seventy. Well, you know, there's an eight ninety Duke car now. Yes. yes. It's called the Scalpel, which I think is fantastic. <laughs> and I bet... I That'll come in cheaper, of course. The one, yeah. Um, I that mean, might be for us, the garden variety. Well, it's not very garden variety. It's pretty insane itself. Yeah. I should have had the specs up. But yeah, like, you look at that and you, you wonder why you would need the, the 1290. Yeah. Well, is, that's happening across the board at the moment, though, isn't oh, it? Yes. Um, yes. The yes. Aprilia 660s? Yes. Yes. Um, We've it, just done some stories on that stuff, actually. Spencer's knocked together some stuff on those new bikes. Yep. 
But there's there's going to be plenty of people who ride one of those and, and think, well, that's as much as I ever want. I think that you're right. That decision making, that pragmatism. Mind you, bikes are bloody you know six hundred cc and odd. They're making a hundred horsepower now. Yeah, yeah, that's like, right. Yep. Crikey, Moses! I can remember when hundred horsepower. You could talk about hundred horsepower on your bike. You were, yep, you were a god in hushed tones. No GPZ nine hundred had hundred real horsepower. No. Let me just say while I've got it, um, the eight ninety Ducars seventeen thousand plus on roads. See, that's much more accessible. And it's actually called the Super Scalpel. The, su- the oh, R. Super, not just yeah. Your, not just your ordinary scalpel. Don't, don't know. It's, it's, uh, it makes 90 kilowatts and 99 newton meters. Yeah. Honestly. Uh, and it'll be light. Yeah. And it'll handle beautifully. And it'll look the duck's guts. Yep. And it's got all the, um, it's got all the same um, six axis rider assistance oh, suite. Oh, well, yeah. well, that's, you're talking about, it's, it's 50, uh, what is it, 30% cheaper. Yeah. And you, um, you'll never run out of things right? to talk about in the pub. 27 and 28 against 17. Yeah. People, take. people will always be interested in that bike mm. if you're riding it. Um, Good on them. Nice to see. Well, it's it's great. I mean, I'm looking. We've just gone through COVID. We're still going through it. Well, who knows when it ends and all that sort of stuff. But there's reasons to be cheerful, isn't there? Well, there are. Yeah, there's reasons for me to be cheerful because I'll be dead before these bikes get to the stage where they're going to need yeah, proper need rebuilding and servicing. Yeah, yeah. Because there is that minor issue about the technology. That well, we we say that. I, I I don't argue with you, but I used to be frightened of. Um, buying a car with anything like technology. And I don't hear people having massive problems with well, they, technology. Well, they, they get rid of them. They, when, when the problem gets Arises. to the point where they go, all right, the fix is going to be six grand, um, there goes the car. Yeah. And they move on. But so, And then we buy them. We buy them. No, no we don't. <laughs> thank, God for, thank God for rich people. Yeah. We can have what falls off their... Their table. I like the people who who believe that. Oh well, the car. You know, once it's done eighty thousand k, um, you know, it's going to be a pro- start having problems. Problem. So they sell it for a third of the purchase price. That's and, what I'm talking about. And it's a new car, yeah. really. Yeah. But that's the old thing, wasn't it? I mean, a hundred thousand k, you know, sixty, seventy thousand miles on an old car was a lot. Uh, yeah, that's weary. right. Oh well, exactly. well, it's bloody not running now. No. Your Camry just not running. No, no, three hundred to four hundred thousand k's. You drive Camrys, don't you? Which is, they're really? a, they're a bit boring. Thanks for bringing that up. Boring. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. My, my kids, my kids drive Camrys. You buy them. I buy them because Camry. I don't have to do anything to them. They always start and go, and the kids will come turn up occasionally and say, "Oh, there's a grinding noise from the front," and it'll just be a new set of brake pads. But so the kids still bring their bikes, their cars. Yes, your kids are. Grown-up human beings now. Aren't Some they? of them are very old. Yes, and they but they still turn up on the doorstep with a grinding noise in the front end. They appreciate quality. Do they? Okay. Yeah. Right. Although enough. I should uh, I should say Amanda, my eldest daughter, uh, did turn up once and said there was a grinding noise from the front, and the car got slower and slower, and then it stopped. And I, I went to have a look at it, and all the brake pad material had worn off. The metal on the backing plate of the brake had started rubbing on the disc and it, it had got noisy. so hot, it seized onto the disc. <laughs> so it wasn't a case of just replacing the pads. I had to remove... You don't reckon there would have been a couple of giveaways? Oh, there, there should have been, you know, a, a clue, maybe. That <laughs> the car's not going, you know, it's not going fast uh, anymore. You yes, know. this car's not going fast anymore. Anyway. So, yeah. We move on. Yeah, we do. Now, Spence... 
I'm throwing you. I'm throwing you under the bus here a bit because I don't know enough about it. But I did read your piece recently at infomoto.com.au yeah. in regard to the museum fire. Oh yeah. Now, can you bring us up to speed with the loss of some fantastic motorcycles here? Well, there is a well, there was a museum in Austria, um, which was known because it was the highest altitude mu- museum mu- motor museum in all of Europe, which is not really that. That big is I mean, <laughs> a, a good selling point. Yeah. Fame, isn't it? Yeah. But you can it was, ski to the place. Yeah, but it was a spectacularly beautiful building. Yes, and within it, over two hundred and thirty really beautiful motorcycles. You know, some of the some of the best in the world, and cars, and um, cars as well. I didn't know that. Cars. Yeah, yeah, not not, not many cars, but a few. Oh, DB five. Yeah. Oh, ouch. Yeah, that hurts. Yep. That hurts me. Um, so the cause of the fire is unknown, or as far as I. As far as today, the um, and it just burnt to a crisp overnight. It's uh, it was a f- phenomenal blaze, wasn't it? It yeah. was the entire Fire, building. Yeah. Well, it was all made the of entire timber. building. Yeah, mate. Now call me old fashioned. I'm just thinking if you start, if you're going to have a museum, don't make it out of wood. <laughs> is well, that is that stupid or what? Um, oh, they probably had you know a decent sprinkler system, and it probably didn't work. Well, there's yeah, there's some. Question marks there, but let's not get into that. Oh, a bit of a stock take. Mm. <laughs> uh, could have been a stock take, yes, that's right. But yeah, it's an expensive one. Ex- but what a shame! When mate. you look you at can't the, afford to lose these things. Can when we? you look at the pictures of the fire, the fire is evenly distributed over the whole building. There yes. isn't. It's not the fire brigade. Like if you put accelerant all the way. Well, <laughs> I'll put yeah. some photos in so the listeners can see. But given that you know there was the big fire at the National Museum in England a few years, which ago. was tragic, yeah. lost a hell of a lot of bikes. This is a, I don't think it's on that scale, but it's 250-odd bikes. I mean, goodness me, and, and most of them collectors. Yeah, absolutely. We can't yeah. afford to be losing these things. Uh, no, it'll, it'll be a big loss for, the, for the, uh, the classic and vintage bike scene for sure. The, the fire at the uh, uh, British National Museum was, was very um, disturbing as well because most of the bikes there have got some kind of history. Slippery you know, Sam and things like that. Slippery Sam, the, yep. the triumph that won so convincingly and for so long at um, the Isle of Man. Is that Peter Williams on that? Uh, I don't know that Peter no. Williams ever... Might have been Norton, Peter Williams. Yeah, anyway, well, well... Cut that out. Peter Williams... <laughs> no, Peter Williams did ride <laughs> Norton. We're Norton's. not cutting that out. I've spent yeah. enough time editing this bloody thing. A couple of mistakes. Um, yeah, it looked terrible. Although, I did see one wag... Uh, said, I'm just r- rushing out to my shed to see how much my bikes are more my more bikes, bikes are worth, worth. <laughs> because I've now got the only one. Only one, yeah. Um, oh, it's terrible. It's just great shame. But I, I'll go back. I don't know why they're making those joints out of wood. You've been to the Harley Museum, haven't you? In, I have. Yes, in, I have. Amazing place. Yeah, Amazing extraordinary. Place. Yeah, I loved it. One of the things that I, I like about that place is that there are, if you ask them, they'll say, no, there are three Harleys we haven't got. And if 1903 you, or the 1902 or something? No, they won't tell you. Ah, right. Okay. Uh, because I asked them and they said, well, no, if we tell you the price of them, the, the ones that have survived, we'll get to the point where even we won't be able so to the, afford them. So the, the company, actually, there's units they haven't got. Yes, there's three. Ah, gee. And they'd like them, but they need to approach it cautiously and not alert the 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 uh, owners of the actual real value of oh well I reckon people would know if someone digs that out of their shed and goes this is a nineteen I think O three was the first one wasn't it might be O um, two well I think I think they've got the first one yeah that greeny aquary 
They've got uh, got oh, amazing bikes. Things. That did you see the one that that was in the shipping container? Uh, I that, did. The, the the tsunami. I did. Pushed the shipping container off the off the boat, and it floated all the way to some godforsaken island somewhere. And they pulled it out, and it was covered in barnacles and rust. And they've got the bike there, not cleaned up. Nothing. I think it was Japan it ended up. From memory, uh, we should know a little bit more about this before we start talking about well, it. I have seen we? the bike. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I have seen the bike and all the barnacles on it, and that is quite. I like it. I like that story. But yeah. it travelled a long distance yeah. in, in the ocean. Yeah. Some people say they are pretty good as an anchor. Anyway, do they? Yes, so I've heard that said, but. I don't like to bring it up. Was it you telling me that yarn about a um, shipping container sinking off the coast of Italy or something? I think it was of, Scotland. Full of GSs. Yep. And all of a sudden the... There was GS, there was... I think it was <laughs> Scotland, I could be wrong. But uh, yeah, a container floated up full of GSs. Uh, what about the legendary... Oh, we shouldn't go down this path, should we? You know how they made 40,000 CLs? Oh, they're in, well, they're, they're still <laughs> no out there. No one can find it. They anymore. made sure they put holes in those containers. <laughs> but we, I think it were GSs or they were 850, whatever they were, but they were definitely BMWs. And something that somebody wanted. To. And they floated up and, yep. uh, of course, um, Jock McSporran, uh, they don't miss, you know, if something comes <laughs> cheap. No. So they're all on the beach pulling out <laughs> these bloody... Yeah, as the, you would. These... BMWs and the coppers apparently were there going, stop, stop, stop and they just, no, no, we're not stopping. The, the baker's got a new GS, <laughs> the bloody, yeah, the, the local, cops got The local coppers completely <laughs> overwhelmed. And then all, yeah, everyone's riding around you and the milkman's on a brand new GS. And the local dealer's saying, I don't remember you buying this. <laughs> Some of them have got a little bit of water, water damage. damage yeah. But look, I think that's a great story. I love that sort of thing. And if, and if BMW's smart, they'd make some. Some mileage out of it, you know. Go, oh, well, go and talk to the people. Or they whatever. are smart and they, they will if it's necessary. It's a really good yarn. I think it's a win for the people. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I love that sort of stuff. Speaking of shipwrecks, you've been doing a bit of tenting and camping in the last... I have been... Well, I don't know how shipwrecks becomes well, the, the segue, ship, the but... the shipwreck coast is oh, the bottom of Victoria. the shipwreck coast, yes. So bottom of you. Victoria. Thank you, yes. No, I've uh, packed up the uh, XR and... Uh, you know, with a tent and a, uh, a burner to make me a cup of tea of an evening, Grant. Yeah. A headlight to read my uh, New Yorker. Um, and w- yeah, I jumped on the bike and, and headed off. And I've had a lovely time. I've yeah. had a great time. I've been all over Victoria. Uh, the bike's okay for it? Oh, it's great. It's a, it, well, it's the second best motorcycle in the last 10 years. Yeah, okay. What's the best? The KTM Super Duke R is the oh, best really? motorcycle the last 10 years. <laughs> no, look, it's fantastic. Yeah, I've got, I pack it all up and uh, I've got a good tent. Tell me about your tent because it seems well, a little I mean, it's some excessive. Would say it's extravagant. Yes. Um, but it's a tent that you can, it's a lone rider and you can put your motorcycle in there with you. So I do that. Um, and in all honesty, you know, you, you don't travel far these days, but. I'm setting off around Australia at, uh, well, hopefully Mr. COVID will allow it this year. Aren't, aren't I doing a bit of that with you? Uh, well, details of uh, things have changed. What, has the invitation I, been I, withdrawn? Well, I met a girl. and You, you met know, a girl? I don't, oh, want okay, to, right. I don't want to hurt your feelings. But anyway, look, we'll, we'll deal with that later. The point is, yes, um, I have a nice tent. I have all the gear. and uh, She'll be mine by the time we get to wear Christ, her. That's what he's worried about. Dig me out, will you? Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, so, um, uh, yeah, the tent looks good, but um, uh, I guess uh, people have been doing that for a while, like buying tents with annexes and parking the bike in the annex. 
But I'm guessing this is specifically for a motorcycle. Yes. It has the vestibule. The vestibule, yes. Up okay. the front. That's yep. what, the front vestibule. Now, look, in all honesty, it's good. Not only is it good to get out of the weather, but if you are on a long trip, uh, theft is often opportunistic. Yep. And if you can't see a bike, it's hard to pinch it. Yeah. It's my okay, view. That, that makes sense. It's, yeah. You know, if it's not there... So you you can zip the bike up so that it's not visible. Oh, it's right in there with you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and, you can, and look, if you have to work on it, you have to load it. Yeah. Yeah. The weather. And if it's really cold, you can just let the engine run to heat up the inside oh, of the tank. That's not a good idea. Don't well, you, you can definitely like charge your things off it and stuff in a pinch. Yes. That's kind of cool. Yeah. And you get stoned off your nut doing that too. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so no, you're I'm making going, it sound very attractive. It, yeah. I'm looking forward to it, but it wasn't cheap. It wasn't a cheap tent, and uh, I, what I have found, Grant. Grant once said to me, go, go down to Kmart and get a tent. We're going down to the Grand Prix. Do you remember this? Yes. Well, I'd, he said, don't spend any money. You get a nice cheap one. So I thought, well, he seemed, it, they say he knows what he's talking about. So I went to Kmart and I bought a tent. And down we go to uh, Phillip Island. I noticed tents, Grant's tent's pretty nice. And mine was... <laughs> When I lay down in it, my toes, you could see from the outside, and my nose at the other end, and it had Humphrey Bear on it. <laughs> and I was thinking it cost me $19. Yeah, but I didn't say go to the children's oh, department about of Kmart and buy a tent. Well, I got a bit of criticism down there at the Phillip Island, and I, I learned you get what you pay for in tents. Uh, I disagree. I mean, when when we <laughs> I were, you, I thought you might. When we were younger, um, a tent was canvas. It didn't have a floor. It had wooden, solid wooden poles, and you really couldn't take it on a bike because the poles were so long. Yes. Um, and then th- there were hiking tents from Europe, but yes. they were eight hundred, nine hundred bucks each. Yes. And they had the flexible poles, and then of course the uh, uh, the Chinese. Bought one and yes. made one for forty or fifty bucks, and they're the ones that you can buy now. That yes. are really high tech, um, good material tents, and they're fifty bucks. Yeah, um, but we do like the Lone, Lone Rider tent and uh, recommend it highly. Yeah, well, um, I've I've watched the videos. Yes, they, this is not a paid advertisement, oh, by the I way. Know. It's really sounded it's like coach, one. Well, what a, but don't forget, folks, the no, fifty dollar like tent from. Uh, well, my advice, honestly, having prepared for this trip i mean it's, it's not everest without oxygen i'm riding around australia it's not i'm not trying to paint it up big but what i will say is <laughs> you do you get what you pay for and i took some advice from a person who i uh, value highly who said to me you won't be worried about the 350 bucks you spend extra on something when you're out there and it's freezing cold and it's, no that's right and yeah. i honestly think that's true if you can afford it of course i'm yep. not saying you know, you, you, of course, you've got to trim your cloth accordingly. But yep. if you can afford to, the best stuff that you can afford is the way to go, I reckon. Yeah, well, of course. Yeah. And was the camping all right? The, I loved it. You, you found good sites and. Well, yeah, and I was on my own, which yeah. you weren't there. Um, I, I went once with a, a very close friend of mine and we had a great time. And then I went by myself. Um, just took a book and uh, up Lakes Entrance Way. Yeah, well, I, I saw your, your uh, shit Lovely. tour of Lakes Entrance. So. Oh, I did a shit tour of Lake, Lakes Entrance. I, I, you found all the really uh, uh, uninteresting things to point I out. Did, I did. <laughs> they found me, actually. Um, oh, a, look, it was funny because I wanted to go. I'm partic- I've taken a particular interest in the Indigenous culture of yep. wherever I go just to try and know more about it. 
and uh, it was bloody joint was shut, so I couldn't I couldn't do that. The entire town was shut. It was pretty sleepy. Yeah, it was pretty sleepy. Um, I had a beer at the RSL. Uh. I actually I remember I, I will tell this story too. Well, Spencer, you'll enjoy this. I remember many years ago at Lakes Entrance Pub with Grant. Oh, do you remember that when the mm. bloke dropped his meal? Yes. I, Do you perhaps, want to tell that story? No, I could have been a little kinder to him, Do you, I suppose. Do you want to tell that story, Greg? No, I don't. I, Go on. Details are sketchy, Details Greg. are not sketchy. Uh, I'll cut it short, but a bloke, uh, what was he riding, New Harley or something? Uh, no, it was a big big Japanese bike. Big Japanese bike. Anyway, yeah. he's lining up for his being at the... Uh, no, no, he, he, when he arrived at the <coughs> so bike. So you, <laughs> yeah, there, hey? just get one I knew detail. That, I knew well, that would happen. If you, if you want... The one the that should be story. an interesting story. Let me tell it. Yeah. So we're we're sitting there looking out the window of the the pub, and the guy's turned up on his bike, tried to back it in, and it's fallen over. It's collapsed, and he's picked it up, and it's fallen over on the other side, and he's finally got it settled, and he's come in and ordered lunch, and which arrives on a tray, and he's picked up the tray, and uh, and I I said to him, "Do you want me to carry it because I, I'd hate you to drop it." And I mean, the bloke's just, you know, like he's dropped his bike, he's dropped his meal. Yeah, and he if he wasn't carrying the tray, he would have had a swing at me, I think. Well, but, it, it, it's nearly up there with that time when he nearly got us punched up at the oh, Grand Prix. Remember that? No. But Should I tell that? No, I'll keep I, that story for podcasts. I believe it. But uh, you, you will remember um, uh, Lake's Entrance uh, in, this is probably only about two or three years ago, the, the Fisherman's Co-op was yes, down on the water yes, was. and you could just ride up to the fisherman's co-op go in and get a fish platter you mm. know which which had mm. prawns and Oysters lobster and, and, yeah. and, and bugs and Christ yep. knows what yep. yeah massive tray I do remember and because, because he and I did that I remember yeah, doing that and because because it was the fisherman's co-op you know there's no middleman it gets off the boat they prepare it and mm. then you buy it fresh as a daisy it was cheap as so yep. you, you'd buy a bottle of stout yes. and you go and get a, a the, the mixed platter and you could sit in the park and have the best feed. Yes, but unfortunately, they've uh, they've moved the Fisherman's Co-op retail outlet up into the main street now, and it's not as good. It's a shame because that's one of the nice things to do, isn't it? When you go on a trip to take, uh, you know, get involved in the local fair. Yep. Or, you know, whatever's going in the town. And um, you, I remember being on a road trip with you. I'm trying to remember where it was. McKay rings a bell. Oh yes, yeah, we, we were heading up, up to uh, Cairns. That's right. Something like that, and. Um, I, for some reason, I got in a bad mood. I don't know. It doesn't happen. Often, <laughs> it was it was warm, and I'd been on the road a while. And Grant, he's a good guy, but it can wear on you. Well, um, I'd, I'd forgotten my wallet, so Greg, forgot, Greg had his hand in his pocket. I forgot quite a some bit. bloody thing. Oh, I had, no, Kerry Packer's pocket. I well, <laughs> it's safe to say that. We can now. say that now. The good old days. Anyway, yep. Grant said, "Look, Greg, I'm a little bit worried about your mental M- mental health. Yes, let's go and get." A kilo of prawns will go and sit on the, the local jetty and just, you know, reminisce and ruminate. And I didn't want to do it because I said, for fuck's sake, we're late. You know, let's go and get this done properly, blah, blah, blah. No, no, this will be a good idea. Now, I, I this is one of the reasons he's one of my great mates because we went down there, didn't we? Well, we might have had a glass of wine to we go did, with it or yes, something. Yes. And we ate prawns and we spent hours just sitting on the jetty Yep. And it was one of the nicest things, and it completely took the heat out of the situation. Yep. I think we rolled into the next town at midnight, midnight. half cut. But the point True. was, <laughs> thinking of fish. You can, yeah. yeah. But it was a we were able thing to, to relax. Do. Yeah. And I've remembered that since we did that, and I try and do it now. Go and get a kilo of prawns and sit on a jetty. Well, they're talking about um, 
uh, taking bikes on the Spirit of Tasmania for free. I see. Yeah, and that's on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So one of the great things you can do with your life is travel down the uh, east coast of Tasmania, stopping at all the fish co-ops. Yes. So you can just eat seafood all the way down the coast, and it's oysters, there's, pl- there's a place. It's there magnificent. Bishno, you know, is it? Bishno, yes. Yeah. Oysters are as big as your head. Yeah. Well, yeah. The the uh, uh, crayfish, crayfish is exceptional. <laughs> it's actually lobster. Lobster. Crayfish is actually freshwater. But. They cut they cut the lobster in half. You can buy a half. They give you a little a little can sachet you buy of the other salt half if you want. It? You could, you could. Yep. Uh, but a little sachet of salt and yes. a plastic fork. Oh, yeah. And you sit down with one of the most expensive foods in the world, yes. eating it with a plastic fork. Yes. Doesn't get much better. And than don't that. add much. Maybe a bit of lemon. A bit of lemon. A bit of salt. A bit of salt. Yep. That's it. Do you feel like doing it oh, now? No, I'm just having a little moment. There yeah, well, I know. I know. I, I certainly wouldn't. It's, it is one of the good things to do when you do go on a bike trip, though. Like, my, my thing now is to take in what the town has to offer. Yep. Um, and often they can be smaller towns. I don't think you have to necessarily be in the most beautiful touristy place. I find the the interesting stuff's the old weird stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah. Go to the local museum and and uh, and that, talk to the the you know the bloke who's running the show. Yep. Um, he'll bore you senseless, and you'll wish you'd never done it again. Well, I think the idea uh, to stimulate tourism in Tasmania by making the ferry free—it's a great for, idea for vehicles. And you can go across pretty cheaply if you if you go on a day trip across there, um, and you don't book a seat. I mean, there's seats all over the boat. So you've you got to just, book a seat. No, you don't have to. What no, do you mean? Not if you do the the day trip. Oh, what? So what do you stand up? No, you don't stand up. They've got chairs all over the deck, so you can just find a chair and just sit, sit down in there. It. Yeah, the seats you book are reclining seats in yeah. case you wanted to. I've only ever gone in a nice uh, cabin. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. Yep. But uh, it means you can go to Tasmania now very inexpensively, and it's a great little state to ride around. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. It's it's kind of yeah. It's wonderful. Yep. I, I see the Victorian government too is doing uh, uh, giving out vouchers now. If you, I don't know the exact detail. I'm sure if you went to the government website, you'd find out. But uh, I believe it's if you spend two hundred dollars in a rural town in certain areas, four hundred is it? Yep. They give you $200 voucher, half of it back. Correct. Now, now, what a great idea that is. Well, it's the... the How much t- wine could we get for 200 bucks? Well, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have any trouble spending apparently the $400. Would we? A, <laughs> apparently, wine is one of the exclusions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you get prawns, eh? Couldn't you, you get prawns. Get prawns. Yeah, one bottle of wine, you could do that, couldn't you? Um, but it's uh, necessary because the tourism industry has suffered a lot during the, uh, the plague years. Uh, and they're trying to re- revive it. And, and the fires just before. Well, yes. Well, that's, yeah. It's interesting you say that too because the poor old fire people, and I don't mean this in any way yep. disparaging, it's kind of that got forgotten. I mean, that was a horrible, horrible tragedy. Yep. Uh, and then COVID came in. And the focus was off it. Focus was off it. And I still feel for those people. I'm sure there's plenty of people sitting in, living in caravans and bloody lean-tos almost. I spoke to some guys from up in... Um up on the coast, the town they got, Cabago. Yes. Cabago, and they're yeah. livid, man, still. Yeah, like, I, well, they're they living was, in caravans and in yeah. cardboard boxes. And and not being looked after. Not even no. remotely. They no. got like, you know, some of them got a couple of grand, you know? It's like, dude, yeah. they got a house. Would only get your groceries yeah. and yeah. fuel for a week. Yeah. 
So one of the good things that you, you've done with your little recent adventures, camping adventures, is you've spent a bit of money in towns that are, that otherwise w- wouldn't have access well, to I, it. Well, honestly, it is only, I believe that's a good thing to yeah, do. Yeah, I think it's a great think, thing to do. And it's great. I mean, people are rapt to see you. You get you get really looked after because they're happy that you're there. Yep. Um, so plans for the immediate future? You've got Now that you've got this camping touring boat? Well, I'm trying to go around Australia, but Mr. Covid. Keeps on smacking me between the eyes. And locking the borders, yep. And my beautiful dog, who I keep expecting to pass away, won't, <laughs> won't do it. Won't do it. <laughs> is, is hanging on for grim death. So while she's alive and uh, Mr. COVID's in the way, it's holding back. My plan at this point is to leave on July 1 this year. Yep. Um, because I've been looking at Lee Atkinson and uh, yes. McKinnon's fantastic book. Yep. Uh, lap, the Lap. Yeah, the big lap. lap. The big lap. Yep. Uh, and I think one of the things I gleaned from that is you've got to press on as, and if you don't pick out a date kind of thing, you'll never do it. So uh, I'm thinking July 1, but um, does, say, does that mean we run the ship? I'm still in charge. I'm still in charge. Well, I've got a few ideas, Spence. We'll talk oh, about this later. No, no, it can only improve. It'll talk about fires. It'll just be yeah. an incendiary wreck when um, I get back. Uh, what about you, Spence? Have you got any travel plans in the near future that involve two wheels and big distances? No, um, but there's a pretty exciting launch happening in February. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but... Yeah. Are we allowed to say that? I think so. But well, we'll be, anyway, we'll be riding the Triumph Trident, which is a very oh, exciting new, new yeah, motorcycle. Yeah. Are you sure that's not embargoed? No. No, no. I mean, right. everybody knows about the, tr- the Trident, so you're, you're safe. You've got to be keeping up, have you? No. Um, and the Tiger 850 Sport, which is, uh, we've ridden the Tiger 900, but this is a less expensive yep. entry version. Yep. So, and, oh, that'll be good. Um, yeah, they're two really important motorcycles. And where, whereabouts? I don't know, but I think it's in South Australia. Okay. Right, hopefully around the Barossa or something. Hopefully around the vineyard. Or well, the Christmas, uh, yeah, Christmas Hills. You know, the, the Adelaide Hills. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, it's a good good place Kangaroo for, a, for a launch. something, or like yeah. Cuddly Creek and all that. Hmm. Well, that'll be good. Isn't it good, though, Spence, in all seriousness, that um, with COVID, we've been doing virtual launches? Um, oh, no, v- well, virtual reveals, yeah. Virtual reveals. Um, now we're back on, a, on the road, hopefully. Yeah. If Mr. COVID's going to play. Yeah. Um, uh, it's great. The University of New England Motorcycle Club is having its reunion. Um, Big news. Well, it's not, not well, let TMZ news, know about but it. But it's a, it's a great example because we're we're having it at Walker, and we've essentially booked out the hotel in Walker. Okay, the motel. Uh, so big, and big the, news there, folks. And we will be spending, well, in my case, every Millions. last cent I've got. Millions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> while we're there, so there, there's a little another little cash injection for a community that uh, otherwise cool. wouldn't have it. Well, I think that's what's happening. The the motorcycle trade is doing all right. Yeah. Well, and do you want to talk about that? Because um, I do have some pretty recent news. Uh, Please do. Speaking of the motorcycle trade, because now that we're in 2021, we've got the figures right. for 2020 compared to 2019. And it's at 22%. Incredible. During the COVID year. Yeah. That is amazing to me. And that's across all but scooters. 22%. Yep. Yeah. God, so nearly a quarter better. Yep. And Weird that's uh, road bikes. Um, 9%. Off-road bikes, 30% up. 
But even for, even Robux, ten percent is yeah pretty considerable. Well, I would have said if you had have said to me, "How's it going to go through COVID?" I said they'd be lucky to hold ground. Mm. Well, it's interesting because um, there's a waiting list, for example, for Royal Enfield Himalayan. You did of, that last time. Of yeah. about, Are you getting a free Himalayan? No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, of of about three months, and um, there is talk that not just bikes, but with the cars too, that the, same deal. They under ordered because they didn't think they were going to sell any. As you would, and now they now they can't get them. When I'm they, hearing it's they the same with gear manufacturers, um, all yep. that stuff. Yep. That and said, I reckon what you're talking about. Sorry, Spence, I've interrupted your. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, people will probably. I could be wrong, but I think people will do local travel now because international is so chancy. You know, you might be overseas. A lot of people get stuck. People go, oh, "Do I need me and the three yeah, kids to be stuck absolutely, in America or yeah. wherever?" Let's travel locally. And I know I'm thinking that way. And that's why I reckon they're now calling the road out to Broome the COVID highway. Yeah. <laughs> um, I yep. know for a fact, uh, simply because I've been planning for my trip, and Broome's a particular example, but there, there are many examples, particularly on that side of the country, where you don't just turn up at the caravan park and put your tent up. You better have booked three months ago because they are booked yes. out solid, out, all around the bush. Yep, which is great. Well, that means that people are saying, I'm not going overseas. They reckon they're selling caravans uh, hand over fist. Uh, our good motoring rider, mate, Bill McKinnon, told Bill? me yesterday that um, that the price of used cars has increased by 30% over the last 12 Damn. months. 30% increase in... Jeez, so you look... You, and who our, would have picked that? Our other good mate... Mick Hone from Mick Hone Motorcycles yes. says he's selling just about everything he can get his hands well, on. Well, yeah, all his second-hand bikes are selling well. Yep. Um, I, I'm Look, I'm thrilled by it, but I'm also amazed. Yeah. Um, but I think that's what will happen. I think those uh, little tinnies are selling, apparently, little tinny boats. Yeah. You know, but not your big boat, but, you know, all these years. People have come to the conclusion that you're not going to be here forever. I've always wanted a little 14-foot boat with a 15-horse motor and I'm going to yep. go and buy it, you know. Yep. Um, not big expenditure. but Could, um, <clears throat> Because I'm not going to Italy this year. Yeah, and I'm not going to live forever. Yep. So... Um, be interesting to see what happens. It's go, It's a year. The 2020 is going to be a year where you can't predict much. You've just got to roll with it. Yeah. Um, you know, I hope that your uh, travel plans come to fruition. So but, do I. But you know very well that that something well, might I could happen. come up and stay with you. You could, yeah. yeah. At Castlemaine there in Jamestown. Yeah. In, in quarantine, you know, you'd be in the room down in there. In my own room. Yes. Well, that won't bother me. Unable to leave. That's, that's <laughs> Just push a pizza <laughs> under the door every now and then. Yep. No, but, is it, but anything could happen. That, you know, you could get, they could close Western Australia. There could be a, um, um, a there could be a completely different virus. Mm. 30% on used cars. Yeah. Yep. I know that the classic, and I take an interest in the classic car market, and it's just gone. I, I can't follow it now. The, things have gone berserk oh, um, no, price that, wise. Yeah. What, what sold recently that you said you're giving up? You... Oh, well, there's a bunch of things, but one of the main ones that I remember is they want a million dollars for a Malu Ute. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. a GDSR. Well, it can be GDSZ. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a Malu Ute. Uh, a million dollars. A million dollars. Um, yeah. Also, now, I, what people ask and what they get, I, I've learned that. Sorry. Sorry. They had an HR Holden. Yeah. Recently. 
154 grand. Now, I think it was a premier, and I think they did an X2 version, didn't they? Which had the. Yeah, two carburetors. That's, the, two that's st- the only. Two Strommies on yeah. it. So it made about 130 horsepower. Uh, yeah. But 150 grand, I went for it. Mm-hmm. Now, I, now, that's what they're asking. I, now, in my world, an HR Holden's worth about 15 grand, a good one. So. Is that supposed to be blank? Yeah. What? You're not supposed to point it out either, can you? Sorry. <laughs> Technology's we're, my... We're supposed to look technically... Te- I, know, I understand that you don't trust me because I did fluff up the... <laughs> you reckon Spencey wasn't nice and dark last no, time, viewers? No. Oh, Jesus. Well, I got home at... There was a bit of family angst. I got home at you. midnight. Thank you very much. Yeah, you got home at midnight because I buggered up the sound. Yeah, and I couldn't leave till late and then I got a puncture and it took the did RAs... You? Yeah. yeah. You got a puncture? Oh, outside of anarchy. And it took the RACV about four hours to find me. No, I was in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Oh, yeah, then your marriage was over too. Then I was wasn't? very late for a meeting. Yeah, and my marriage was over. Yes, that's right. But other than that... Oh, it was a good day. Good, yeah. good podcast, podcast though. Yeah, yeah good podcast, well. yeah. Well, speaking of which, are we... Anything else, any, any general business that we haven't got to, Spence? You're in charge. You're the boss. There must be. What have we not spoken about, Grant? Um, I think we've adequately covered the material on hand at what the moment. What are you moment. looking forward to, Grant? What, what are you, we're in 2021. Um, you haven't got long left, really. Yeah, um, I'm building a new bike, which will be finished finished shortly. Well, a new bike for me, yeah. What? What's it going to be? Um, a VTR 1000 Honda. Right, so what's going on there? <laughs> didn't a motorcycle trader had one a giveaway bike didn't they at one stage well I, I, details are sketchy details are sketchy go on yeah, yeah go ahead but this is a, this is a yellow one so oh yellow one yeah so the next time you see me I'll be on something what's the that plan there looks very flash well I'm, I'm essentially just going to put the yellow bodywork on this other VTR right. uh, thousand because um, it, the fairing isn't broken on the yellow one and, and the tyres are new and so. where did you get that bike uh, from a, a colleague who um, who bought it, uh, rode it once and it blew up and uh, the cost of repairing the engine is uh, substantial and possibly worth more than the value of the bike. So Right, okay. I, so I was able to pick it up fairly, fairly inexpensively, but cheaply. I've got five uh, active projects in the workshop at the moment and I'm making good progress with them. So well, you've got that good shed now, haven't you? Well, I've got, I've got a great workshop now, yeah. And uh, that's, that's keeping me occupied, but I've got a few trips coming as oh, well. Oh, yeah, go on. Tell us. Uh, well, chumps, but we don't like to advertise that. No. That's uh, just a trip away from colleagues, folks. Yeah. Nothing particularly, but it's fun. Yeah, and it's finding uh, – the rules for chumps are that you, it has to be held in a, a town that's got a big pub and no police station. That's right. And yeah. that should give you some idea of what kind of adventure Shenanigans. goes on. Well, actually, when I used to go to chumps, and uh, you'll appreciate this, Spence, I used to go to bed about four in the morning, you know, <laughs> yep. fairly well enhanced with whatever it was about. Yep. <sighs> Now I'm in bed about 11, 10.30-ish. <laughs> Tucked up with Teddy, yeah. <laughs> the hot cocoa. Things change, so, Can you keep the noise down yeah, out there? The, there's a couple of youngies left out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The year before last got pretty rowdy, though. Oh, yeah. We had a few drinks there, didn't we? Uh, was that the year that... Um, uh, I, I remember um, someone who looked very much like Cam Donald mm. did a pretty, pretty large burnout out the front, and that's how it started. Yeah, and that and he was leaving town. The guy who looked a, li- a yeah, lot like lot. Cam Donald. Yeah, he was leaving town with his mates, uh, and of course, what was left was us and the policeman, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who strode the length of the burnout, and then which is about a kilometre came in to make some inquiries in the hotel. <laughs> 
Yeah, there's that upcoming. What else? Uh, yeah, well, and the and the uh, reunion meeting. Forty oh, reunion. Yeah, I think yeah. this is forty-two years. That's not bad, is it? That's incredible. That you've yeah. you've still got mates from forty-two years ago, and yes. you still enjoy each other's company. That's and... motorbikes for you. Well, that's it? motorbikes. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yep. The yep. reunion of what? The University of New England Motorcycle Club. Silly old pricks. Which over the years has produced uh, four editors of Two Wheels magazine. Wow. So many of them went on to greater things in, in motorcycling and, and writing and careers. There were a lot of duds as well, of course. There's, <laughs> there's quite a few who spent time in, in the big house. Well, no, look, move on. Details. Yeah, well. <laughs> yeah, well, I haven't got much else. I'm going, uh, I'm getting ready for that trip. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much me, making sure I get ready for that. And that's yep. exciting. I'm looking forward to that. Well, I'm looking forward to it too. I'm going to do a movie from that and I'm going to put them on. There'll be regular updates from that trip on the website. I don't think we'll have space for them. Spence, no, you'll have. There's plenty of megabytes. You might be free. taking a new design direction. Jeez. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Something a little they more. They say never have a holiday, don't they? Something a little more modern and, yeah. and edgy, yeah. you know? All right. Well, I think that's us, don't you? I've had enough. That's it, man. I'm pretty bored. See you, folks. All right. We'll good luck. We'll, we'll see, see you, you again soon. Any other business we better say? I think that's about the size of it, Spence. Anything else we need this to know? This is the longest, longest sign-off. <laughs> <laughs> so, just cut it. See you, folks. Bye. Good luck.